Assalamu alaikum. Hey guys, it's your host Rebecca from the Unspoken Truths of Mental Health. So today we're back with my co-hosts Tahreem and Taba. Today's special episode is all about Eid. So let's just get into it and we have some special guests with us today. Hello everybody. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Taba here. How's Ramadan going or being for everybody? It's been it's been it's been a tough one this year. Yeah. Mum life. Mum life, you know. Mum life means mm-hmm. you got to do everything else so you have less time doing ibadah. But I've been reminding myself that taking care of my family and feeding them and doing all of that counts as ibadah too. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Although, um, you know, I just thought it just made a really funny face there. Not sure if he agrees with that point or not, but I think it does. Uh, Ibadah is just another form of being a good mother, being a good wife. And, you know, when you have to sacrifice your duties, such as, you know, you have to read your mind a little later because you're tidying up the kitchen or you're making the dinner. I think that is a huge, that in itself has a huge reward. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% correct. You know, it's I speak for myself, but I'm sure many others feel the same. That being a mother or a father, you know, you're, you could be a caretaker working full time, long hours. That Ramadan just doesn't feel like Ramadan. You're not getting that vibe. And you often feel like you're not doing enough. Like before you would have been going to Taraweeh, reading Khatma Qur'ans. You know, you would have been going to this classes, listening to this lecture, finishing this book. And it's hard to do that now because even when you're praying Salah, you're thinking about, oh, I need to feed the kids or I need to do this next. It's really it's, it's really hard. But that's where we need to change our viewpoint, our mentality there, because we need to recognize that taking care of our families, the future generation, my children, feeding them, you know, providing financially for your home, for your loved ones and taking care of your own health is one of the highest forms of ibadah because you are fulfilling your duties and with intention anything can be rewarded for instance I'm feeding my family for iftar I'm the cook so therefore if I make the intention that I want the reward of them breaking their fast with the food I made inshallah I will get that reward so it's just about you know changing that perspective in your mind and giving yourself like smaller tasks smaller goals to do so what I've been doing is um, you know the hadith where surah al-ikhlas reading it three times is as if you've read the whole quran so after each salah I read surah al-ikhlas I'm trying more to do more dhikr while I'm cooking, you know, sending salawat upon the Prophet, especially when I'm cooking, because sending salawat, you get 10 reward each time. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe the reward, the barakah will be in my food, inshallah. So yeah, it's just about perspective shift. So um, what are we talking about today, Rebecca? Eid, all about Eid. So okay, my house, we're very excited for Eid because I've packed the presents and my daughter every single day asks me, when is Eid? I'm yeah. like, still another week left, another two weeks left. And she's just counting yeah. down the days to open the presents. Yeah, well, it's something that we never really experienced as children was the countdown to Eid, really. Um, it, it's something that is in, is a tradition in my house. We have an advent calendar. It's a nice wooden masjid and it has 30-odd numbers on there. And we fill it up with goodies and treats. So every time we open our fast, um, the children then go to the advent calendar and they know exactly what, uh, which rosa we're on and how many days um, before Eid. Uh, do you have that in your home, Tayaba? I was just thinking that and how I never had that growing up. And mm. so there wasn't this aspect of a countdown, as you say. And um, that's quite different for my children, actually, because it's very much a reminder every evening that we're getting one step closer to to Eve, um, as well as it's got something on there. Every day there's either a good deed or a dua that they need to make. 
Um, so that, that's been really lovely. And I think, you know, they were asking me the other day, did you have this when, when you were a little girl? And I said, I didn't. So you're very lucky that you yeah. have all these things. It was a lot more basic for us. Still fun, but I think it's, it's much more fun now participating yeah. with them. Yeah. As a parent, I think I enjoy Eid more uh, than I did as, no, actually, no, I enjoy, I loved Eid as a child. But um, I think there was a point in my life as I was growing up, where Eid became a little bit mundane. Nobody took time off work. Nobody took time off school. You know, there was never any kind of real celebration. So there was this huge gap in the, in 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 growing up where Eid wasn't celebrated at its full vigor. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, I got married. I had children. The family grew, um, and Eid just became an integral part of um, the year. You know, of the annual calendar. Tamina, uh, we have a lovely guest, Tamina, joining us today as well. She is one of the volunteers for Supporting Humanity team and uh, much more in her own capacity. Tamina, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yes, thank you, Terim. And I was just going to say, it's funny, isn't it? You're right about the countdown not being available when we were growing up. Um, and that started when my daughter was young. So she's grown up really now. So I think the children now have a lot more to look forward to and a lot more exciting things that are included and more mainstream. And you're so right. Growing up, uh, yes, when I was a child, it was very exciting. We were looking forward to Eid. It wasn't, as I said, a countdown, but we knew it was coming. Um, but then there came a time when we were older, started started work, um, different uh, commitments, and not everybody would be off for Eid because the holidays weren't given because you weren't in the local area where you know, there was a lot of Muslims or work commitments. And so it was a bit hit and miss and not even just between brother and sisters, we weren't all there together. So we lost a lot of that excitement when we were grown up, but it does come back when you have your own family and young children. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's so, the concept of Eid is, so misunderstood as we grow up and I think it takes a lot of time to kind of you know get that vibe and get into that mojo of being able to celebrate Eid properly and now we also have another very special guest with us and he's back again full of banter um Idris Patel our CEO for supporting humanity Idris would you like to add a little bit of um, you know opinion on Eid and Eid traditions I've got a comment for every single one of you first of all Rebecca you're wishing Ramadan away, a beautiful month for Ramadan. How can you be counting the days for Eid? Let's enjoy this last 10 to 12 days of Ramadan, especially the last 10 days, and try and seek um, our future, I mean, in Jannah, during these last 10 days. That year by you're a lucky lady. Advent calendar, we can't afford them. We've still got the old school um, Ramadan timetables where you tick the days off one by one. And my daughter, every morning at every time, cuts the other day off and says, Dad, 13 more days left, 12 more days left, et cetera, et cetera. And Tehreem, you are probably just boring throughout your life. I'm still in oh my every God. single time. Believe me, I still feel like 11. And I look forward to my mum saying Eid Mubarak to me on the Eid morning every you don't just, year. Listen, you also behave like you're 11 most of the time. So I completely get that, okay? He literally there sat there as we spoke and wrote down his responses to everything we were saying. No, no, actually, I wrote a response to the young Tamina who said we're getting older, and I said, "No, you're just old." <laughs> <laughs> oh right, um, God! Eat, eat for me in my house. Let me tell you a few things. First of all, before we talk about it, eating my house for years upon years, eat day every year. My mum cooked for literally about a hundred people, and loads and loads of family comes around. Start from very early in the morning throughout the day, and it's non-stop. It used to happen in my mum's house. Now it's changed. Now what we do is every year, one of the siblings chooses whose house it's going to be at, and then we do an Eid celebration at their house. 
throughout the day of Eid, though, it's not just one house and get bored. We do numerous houses along the day and keep everyone busy and happy. Lovely. And none of you are invited. Um, yeah, we gathered. So that sounds that sounds lovely, Idris. But what is that one tradition that you've grown up with? Like, you know, I know you said my auntie is cooking and everything, but is there something specific, a speciality that's now kind of trended onto your siblings, your sisters, your sister-in-laws, maybe your daughters? I, I every year, I have this specific thing I have to do. I, I will leave off the Fajr Namaz and I'll walk straight to the graveyard, which is about three and a half miles. And from there, I'm normally the first one to knock around everyone's houses just to say Mubarak. So from... I live in Ilford, so I walk to Forest Gate Graveyard. Then from there, I'll go to my mum's house in Stratford, walk there again. Then I wake everyone up because by that time, it's only about half seven and then walk to a few other houses. And by the time I get back to my own house around nine o'clock. So yeah, I've walked about 10 houses, 10, 10 miles, but woken loads of people up and I enjoy waking them all up every time. And he Did wakes them up with the smell of sweat because mm. of all that walking and all the hugging that he's doing. <laughs> so you guys boss want to buy my sweat, so <laughs> Um, Idris, something that started off as knockdown ginger when you were 11 years old and then you kind of evolved it into something more spiritual. No, actually, it's um, hopefully the first one to get to their house and lick the money. So, you know, ah. when you go around who, who gives people you people Eid, Eid money? I, I I'm want just to about to, uh, yeah, now you're definitely too old for ED. <laughs> who, said I, who said I get? Who, who's ever told you I took? So, you know, <laughs> I still got a bit of a pinch pocket stuff. No, no. <laughs> No, honestly, just seeing someone smiling on the Eid morning is worth it. And that's that's mm. what it's all about. Knocking on that door and just seeing that person run out to say Eid Mubarak. Normally, it's the kids who are really excited. And that makes me still happy, knowing that there's people who know how to enjoy Eid. It's not yeah. about the money, not about the gifts, but the happiness of seeing each other. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Well, well said. And that it is about that time when we see family, we see people happy. You you see community because you talked about a different Eid, Idris, but you've got a big family around you. So growing up, it was just myself, my brother, my three sisters, and my mum and dad. It was just one household. So yes, we had community and we had neighbours around, but everything was head office. Like my mum's house, um, Eid would be the you know my dad and my brother would be going off early to the first namaz, and my mum. For my mum, she was in the kitchen, you know, from the day before, a few days before. So we, the tradition in our house was always my mum liked to go to the mosque for for prayers. It didn't matter if it was later on in the parks, you know, open air or is inside the mosque because it got my mum out of the house and actually feels like Eid and you see other people and you see, and you see the other ladies and you, you know, you see people dressed up and happy and smiling, as you said. And the time to share that greetings before we went back home and, you know, have the you know, traditional food and then later on lunch. So it was that actually, even though the women don't have to go to a mosque, but it was that fact of being part of a community and seeing Eid around you, not just in your household and everyone else was at work. Yeah, you're absolutely 100% correct, Amina. I mean, I my family's also very small, so Eid in London has always been quite boring and dull for me as a child growing up. So we kind of, we made it a habit to go back home for Eid or during Ramadan and that was always very nice because when you're back home you know the houses are full of you know fragrant food you can smell it there's azan happening and the men are going early for namaz and the, masjid, the, the sound of the azan is echoing throughout the neighborhood and they come home the food is ready and it's just a really nice ambience everyone's dressed up everyone's together even the aunties and uncles that don't like each other or that haven't spoken for the whole year uh, prior to that are still there wishing each other evil back so alhamdulillah it is it's a really really great vibe and i think that is something that has as i've grown older i've noticed has evolved 
in the UK. Um, and I think we're able to kind of recreate that vibe or that kind of festive feeling, which is associated with Ramadan now in the UK. Um, because I certainly feel like there's a lot more happening um, now in the local community. There's bazaars, there's Eid festivals, there's Janrat, there's, uh, you know, iftars happening for reverts, for a South Asian community. And there's all sorts of, you know, um, people coming together and hosting iftar and just saying, you know what, let's come together. Let's all be family. Let's all celebrate together and, you know, rejoice in this month whereby there's so much barakat. And, you know, you don't know when someone's dua or well wish is going to come true. So just, you know, the more the merrier. That's why, you know, I uh, it's a habit that Idris has as well. And that I used to always do when I, from like from a very young age, is that if I see any elderly, I'd say dua mayad. Uh, but then I'd actually picked it up more off interest because he says it to everyone he doesn't care if he's talking to somebody young or older so now I say it to everyone but before I would only say it to the elders and I think that makes a huge difference as well community building communication etc um Teva I, I feel like you have a lot to say on this oh yeah <laughs> yeah your face is saying there I need to say something right now Ah, oh, um I was just yeah I was just thinking that's so accurate because even though we had a large family growing up it's we didn't have that community factor all year round where I feel that now um, you know again I feel that fortunate to be in the location I'm in because there is so much community and having that community makes such a difference because it's not just in good times but like you say you know being able to say to someone oh remember me in your prayer you know um, and people have reached out to me so much recently during a difficult time where it's such a reminder of how people come together to try and help someone for, for no reason except to gain Allah's pleasure. You know, so subhanAllah, I was just, as you were speaking, I was just thinking that um, about my own experience growing up as well as, you know, the uncles and aunties that you don't see all year round. Yeah, we definitely saw them on Eid as, as children. But now I feel like, you know, there's so much more community, like you say, the, the neighborhood, the local area, the bazaars, the, the genre, there's so much more to it that it really does feel like the whole year is centered around it. Not just that, you know, what I feel like is that when I used to go to Pakistan for Ramadan, there would be trays and trays of food being prepared every evening. And then all of us cousins, we would literally do the rounds uh, around the mohalla or the neighborhood, what you'd call in English. And we'd go and distribute trays and trays full of food. And I felt like that didn't really exist in my upbringing in the UK because maybe because of the area that we lived in very few handful of muslims uh, around but we tried to give iftari out to the non-muslims as well in our neighborhood uh, and they really appreciate it but you know that vibe when you give something and then you get another tray back full of goodies from their house that's so yeah. different um but also you know on that note there's iftari hampers that have become a really big um, uh, big thing in the last few Ramadans and you know, I've got so many friends that actually create and make Istari hampers and dish them out you know to their friends and family go around an hour or two beforehand and I think it's such a lovely concept and it kind of brings us closer to them because uh, it makes you appreciate that effort that they've put in um, which was yeah. always lacking I think. Definitely subhanAllah. Dehmina, you'd like to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to add, okay, it's, um, no, I have to disagree on that point that, you know, there wasn't that community, we didn't send out food, because my mum, from day one that I can ever remember, just didn't matter if we didn't have any Muslim people around us, whether our neighbours were Hindu, um, Afro-Caribbean, West Indian and English, she's always sent food, 
not on not just for Eid. Eid was a special time, then they you know should put a bit of everything on. But even when you cook something, and she will send it to the neighbours. I've I've got that habit as well in terms of yeah. when we move into the area. Yes, we have got some Muslim neighbours. We've got mixed neighbours as well. And I've always baked and cooked and sent things around. And Eid is then just a special time. Then you spend send a lot more trade food. And yes, you do get things back as well. In fact, my neighbours tend to feed me all the neighbours. <laughs> so Lovely. Is just what are your neighbours like? My neighbours are absolutely brilliant. Throughout the yeah. year, they're always giving me food. Mm. Um, and that's because they always think I look thin and frail, so they try to feed me. Aww. But my neighbours are lovely. It genuinely, it could be anything and everything, but they always give me food. Yeah. yeah. That's so lovely, isn't it? When you can share those experiences with Muslims and non-Muslims alike, yes. Yeah. So I, I, you guys have been talking about the um, changes in feed. For me, um, last two years or have been a little bit different because Iman Channel has been getting me to host in Eid in the Park, which I used to be completely against before. But now I have to host on an Eid morning um, and they, they get between eight to 12,000 people. And I want to know what you guys think of it because my thoughts towards Eid in the Park has now changed obviously since I'm hosting, but how do you feel about Eid in the Park? I think it's great. Well, before we answer, I'd like to know why you were against it, to be honest. I genuinely still think that we've been staying away from a lot of sinning and a lot of bad habits and a lot of bad things throughout the whole month of Ramadan. And then the month of, then Eid day comes and all of a sudden a lot of things which we were refraining from kicks in straight away. No matter what we say, the shaitan is unleashed and there's a lot of women and men in that park. But women come as if they're dressing for weddings. Men will be literally the same sort of thing. There's a lot of huggings. A lot of people are hugging who ain't even met them, and that's what I'm completely against, or shaking hands and various things. And I think where it's supposed to be a, a very nice religious moment, eat day, a very good time to reflect on the nice month we've had, literally within minutes we've broken the rules that we've refrained from for a month. Can I, can I interject here? Cool. Um, okay, yeah, it is, it is true that you know, free mixing happens and things will naturally happen because the shaitan is out. But the whole month of Ramadan is supposed to be that we shackle our inclinations. And had you successfully done that in the month of Ramadan on Eid, that wouldn't be happening. So for the people that are doing those things, they haven't really, well, I can't say this, but maybe the Ramadan wasn't as successful as they think it was. But it, for people that have small families, especially reverts, I think Eid in the Park is great. It's, you know, like how Christmas has such a big, like, lineup for it, like Christmas, Christmas, like all of our kids, they know about Christmas. But now Eid has to be just as big, especially in the UK. If you're in a Muslim country, it's completely different. The vibe is out of, out of this world. But in the UK, I think Eid in the Park is amazing. And it's, it's your own sins. It's not... The people that are doing the Eid in the park and you as a host, those aren't your sins, they're theirs. Okay, you're here to spread joy and allow people that don't have family to do fun things with their families. Like I would love to take my kids to Eid in the park, but we don't have any in the area. Like I went from, in I lived in Essex and the community there was really tight knit. So Eid was always so much fun. Like Eid prayer was my favorite, favorite time of the year. And then I got married and then I moved into where I am now. And it just, it was so dead. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I, I hear like, you. I was like, what? Why are you guys not excited for Eve? 
and then mm. I had my kids and then now it's like I make Eid exciting even if my in-laws think I'm back ish crazy I'm like we are going to celebrate Eid and these are the mm. things we're gonna do and you know we do them now like we've got decorations yeah, in the house we've got advent calendars you know we make everything exciting to the expense of my sanity I do all these things but I think Eid in the park is great if we had one near us I would definitely be there yeah I think it's it I understand where you're coming from though Idris it definitely does make sense you know we spend 30 days or 29 days kind of repenting our sins but that is the purpose of Ramadan isn't it to um renew your soul and uh, repent and then obviously after that if you have renewed it and cleansed it to a point where you're satisfied and you don't want to kind of tarnish that again you refrain um as, as Rebecca was saying Wait, I have one more thing to add. Um, yeah, I've got one more thing first. Wait, wait, wait. First me, first no, me. No, 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 me, so me Idris me, was me, like, me, the me, women me. come to the park dressed up all like they yeah, exactly. But sorry, he never what... said anything regarding the men. You make up the day before. You, have you been to a barber shop? There's about three hour Kuwaitis, wait. All trying to get their lines in their hair. And their <laughs> well, I'm sorry, that's the intention as well the comes into it. And that's the whole... out. Yeah. You know, there's more men. I can't even buy men's wax strips during um, eat time. Why do you no, eat wax no, strips? No. Oh my yeah, god. The cheeks, the baby cheeks gotta stay fresh. Yeah, but hang on, hang on. It's all about intention as well, and that's the whole point of Eid. You're celebrating a joyous occasion. And if your intention is not near, is not clean, then I'm sorry, what's that got to do with it, anything? So I just totally I disagree. The whole point is just dressing up, and that's the family occasion, isn't it? Regardless, and as Rebecca said, when you haven't got family or whatever, for whatever situation, whatever reason, if you haven't got a community around you, then see other people is part of the celebration. But what about all my family that get missed out? Because now that I'm in the park, the families can't come. Or am I going to force all my families? All well, the you've got enough family, you see park. them the rest of the year, so it doesn't matter. Uh... No, I think, you know what? Um, I think your family is probably really proud of you because you are doing something that is bringing happiness and joy and dua uh, to your family because people appreciate what you're doing every year. You know, we see you up there and we appreciate when you're questioning and leading. And it's it brings a joy to our day to know that people like you and there's other uh, hosts as well that are there that are giving their time away, time up, away from their families to kind of, you know, make sure the rest of us are walking away with a smile on our face. And I think that is such a huge blessing that, you, that you've been bestowed with because not everybody gets this opportunity. Have you been to the park, Fayeba? I have, alhamdulillah. And I, I have to second what Tahrim just said, because honestly, if it wasn't for hosts like yourself, myself, <laughs> I think that we, we wouldn't have the opportunity to get outdoors and celebrate Eid, to be able to make salah in the park. I mean, that wasn't really a thing before Eid in the park started. I do hear your point, I must admit. I can see your concern and I value that. And I think it's really important to remember that Allah sees your intention and it's all based on your intention and your intention is good. And the, the reward for that is not only, you know, in the hereafter, but also right now you see the happiness. You see me and Rebecca, people like us who want to go out and, and celebrate Eve in the park. So, you know, there, there are people that are so grateful for, for yourself. If yeah. you make this happen, you bring communities together, you know. It's that Jaria, isn't it? Making people smile. Indeed. <laughs> There is another point. Even the park might be new, but for our family tradition was always to um, go to Regent's Park Mosque 
that was the centre for London, and that my dad was always keen on that. So we would go to at least one of the Eads, would go to the Regent's Park Mosque, and that's where people gathered together just naturally um, in terms of providing and sharing what food was available, what they brought with them, what they'd cooked, mixing with other nationalities and other cultures, because obviously it was the Central Park Mosque. And so that started many, many years ago. I remember as a child when it was so much more easier to drive and park in, in Regent's Park. And in years, a few years, even during my teenage years, it became quite big that people would bring their um, biryani patile almost, you know, and then sit with their big family groups in the Regent's Park. But that was like afterwards, but this is more formal as a park. It is, I agree, it's an amazing concept. We don't get the opportunity, whether or otherwise, so we should make availability of it when we, you know, we should avail ourselves of the facility when it's available. My genuine point is, though, here, and I've had this debate quite a few times with a lot of people, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with eating the park, but all I'm saying is that we're helping the shaitan in his job in a way because there should be restrictions in what we do at the park. There should be. I think we need to, if we realistically want to keep it a nice Muslim occasion, we need to try and have a few more restrictions and controls about what happens on that day. But I agree oh. with the part of it. I like people smiling. I like a lot of seeing a lot of happy faces and everything. But again, in a way, we're, we're breaking a lot of rules and regulations. See, all of you have talked about happiness. Now, I'm going to change this around and take it into a somber mood now. I start my Eid morning after Namaz. First place I'll go to is the graveyard. Um, I like to remember all those deceased that I probably did see throughout the years. Um, who have now passed away and try and remember those that I probably didn't even know because um, I obviously want their graves and I always pray whenever I, for one thing, for those deceased that those people that have passed away that Allah makes their graves, one of those graves of the Garden of Jannah, inshallah. So when I go to the graveyard, I, I pray that throughout the month of Ramadan, everyone's prayers has gone there and inshallah they're all there in a very peaceful place. So that's another thing as well. So even though there's happiness for me, there's so many other things that we've got to remember on that beautiful day of Eid. It's not just about happiness, though. It's, uh, Eid is about gratitude, showing that gratitude towards Allah. So one of the things we do is we do go to the graveyard as well after Eid Salah, and we send our salutations upon the people that are in the grave and the people that we've lost. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys is, um, I remember in the first lockdown, the first Ramadan we had in lockdown, um, the things that were happening in Palestine just seemed that much more painful. They happen every year. Every year the things in Palestine happen. But that year it seemed worse. And I remember I couldn't bring myself to celebrate Eid. I just didn't feel like I could do it. Like how could I be celebrating Eid when my brothers and sisters across the globe are in a despair? And then I remembered reading something and they were saying how sorry my little man has to join in and interject um but they were saying how the people in palestine our brothers and sisters there they themselves celebrated eid because allah commanded us to celebrate it to show your gratitude for the beautiful month that passed us and ask for anything that you wish and allah grants it so for the people that have lost a loved one how what advice do you have for them going into eid how do you celebrate that when you've experienced a loss I would have loved for my mum to be on this because on an Eid morning, maybe 25 years ago, my granddad was walking to mosque for um, Eid Namaz and he passed away. He had a major heart attack and literally passed away on the spot because he was still on a, a machine for 24 hours, but he technically passed away on the Eid morning. Um, so if my mum wasn't here, she'd tell you about it because for her, Eid 
that year and for the next few years was very different where every time anyone mentioned Eid, she would remember her dad was walking to the mosque, had a major heart attack. But Alhamdulillah, he was blessed that he on the day of Eid. Um, all I can say to you is that in a way, there's sadness there, but at the same time, you've got to remember what a beautiful death that he was blessed upon. And that's what I always remember, remind my mum. And my mum's now actually, over the years, grown to that feeling to think what a beautiful death my dad had and what a great person he must have been. That's amazing. May Allah grant your dad Jannah al Firdaus. It wasn't my dad, um, by the way, it was my granddad. My dad's still alive, but I'll let him know you killed him. No, don't say that. <laughs> no, don't tell him that. May Allah grant him a long, long hayat. Amen. You talk about the graveyard. That's always been the tradition. Again, my, my father used to do, my brother still does, and he takes his son. So, yes, after Eid Namaz, they tend to go first. They go to the graveyard before they even come home and, and obviously greet everyone else. So that's that's still a tradition hit now. Yeah. But I think it makes a big difference when somebody passes away. The dynamics of Eid celebrations change. How you celebrate, what you do, all changes. I remember the first Eid, we went back home after my father passed away. The death of somebody uh, in the family really does have a significant impact on a person's Eid and the way they celebrate Eid. Obviously, if, the, if an elder in a family passes away, suddenly the person below them becomes the elder. And there's a lot of things that the elder would be doing. You know, I remember Makhalu on Eid morning, every time he'd come back from uh, uh, Namaz, we'd all queue up outside his room, literally queue up. And there was like 25 odd kids queuing up outside his room. Uh, why were we queuing up? Because he used to travel all, all over the world. And for Eid, throughout the year, he'd collect all these goodies that he'd hand out to us in a goodie bag. So we were always really excited because he'd open the door and he'd have a goodie bag, um, you know, for each child and an envelope stuffed with money. That was his tradition. Um, and obviously when he passed away, there was no more khalu because there was nobody else traveling the world. So, you know, little six, seven-year-old me, wanted that goodie bag the following Eid and I realized that he'd gone after he'd gone you know not when he had actually gone but when Eid came because that was my significant moment with him um, and him not being able to give me that goodie bag or us queuing up all of us cousins outside his room after the month is you know it made me realize okay Eid has changed you know so for me that was the first Eid uh, the first time I realized Eid evolving uh, Eid evolves Eid changes the second one, you know, it was his wife, similarly, Manchala. She had a tradition of uh, making jalebis in the morning. So, you know, when we would be, um, when everybody would sit down for lunch after namaz, uh, there'd be shikhorma, there'd be biryani, there'd be all of these traditional festive dishes uh, that the Pakistanis uh, cook every year. But she'd have this thing with jalebis. She'd always make crispy, fresh jalebis for us and she'd serve them hot while we were eating. And um, obviously, as she, uh, before she passed away, her health deteriorated significantly. The last Eid I celebrated with her, I think I was 21 or 22. And then after that, her health deteriorated. So when I went back in my mid-20s, um, she didn't do that after Ramadan for Eid. And it really hurt me because that's something I was looking forward to. And I literally walked around the house saying, so who's making the jalebis today? And nobody had anyone, no one answered. And then I think my mommy finally said, okay, don't worry, I'll make them for you. Uh, because she felt sorry for me. She genuinely felt sorry that I'd flown all the way from London for Jalibis on Eid day and my father couldn't make them. Um, so I think the dynamics change. Um, people die, people get sick. Um, and the only thing we can do is learn from them. And I think that's something that's come off the back of COVID as well. 
and the impact of COVID has made us realize that we've lost a lot of grandparents, a lot of elderly in the community too soon, uh, before they could tell us about their stories of migration, before they could tell us about their secret recipe in that jalebi. Um, you know, afterwards, so many times I reflected on it and sat down and thought to myself that I wish um, that one Eid as a teenager, I just asked my khala, you know, what is it that you put in there that makes them that extra crispy, you know, or that tang that she puts them. Anyway, I've got to jump I in. I've got to jump in. I've got to jump in. For those Go listeners on. who have never met Tahreem, just to let you know, she's goal goal like Jalebi. <laughs> Listen, jalebis are not goal-goal, okay? Jalebis are so girly. she definitely didn't grow out of jalebi, okay? So. You are so mean, Idris Patel. On, on this note, before Idris starts coming out with more comments that are inappropriate for the podcast, um, I think it's time we wrapped up. But I would like to send Eid greetings to all of our listeners. And I pray that everyone has a beautiful last 10 days and you get to make the most out of Laylatul Qadr. And please remember us in your du'as. That's the main thing. And I hope you all have a beautiful Eid. And I'm sending lots of hugs and du'as to you lovely ladies. Not you. I'll hugs, yeah. <laughs> and I'll send you some jalebis, okay? I'm going to send you some jalebis. I love you. <laughs> Does anyone want to add anything? No, everybody no, has been lovely. Thank you. Amin, Sumamin, that's all I have to okay, say. Okay, this is your host, Rebecca, signing off from the Unspoken Truths of Mental Health. Asalaamu alaikum, everyone. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.